Welcome to the Talent Development Think Tank Podcast. The number one podcast for learning and talent development professionals. Now here's your host, Andy Storch. Welcome to the Talent Development Think Tank Podcast. I am your host, Andy Storch, and that's right, we are changing the name of the podcast this year from the Talent Development Hot Seat to the Talent Development Think Tank. But don't worry, it is the same great podcast that we'll be bringing to you every week with wonderful guests and topics and insights from me as well on how to get the most out of your career in talent development to up your game and your capabilities and help your people and your organization achieve more. And we've just made this change recently. You're going to hear some episodes where I probably still call the podcast the Talent Development Hot Seat, but I really wanted to bring things all under one brand and one roof, if you will, in 2023. So we have the Talent Development Think Tank podcast, we have the Talent Development Think Tank membership community, and of course, we have the Talent Development Think Tank conference coming up on February 22nd and 23rd. And today's episode is another preview of that conference. I've invited one of our speakers, one of our session leaders to come on the show as a guest to share some insights on HR transformations and especially HR technology. My guest today is Larry McAllister, who is a former head of HR and VP of talent, as well as a consultant and now the author of the new book, The Power to Transform, a field guide to building a human-centered tech-enabled work culture. Most recently in his corporate career, Larry was the vice president of global talent at NetApp, and he's also had senior level HR and talent positions in several Fortune 500 tech companies out of the Bay Area. Larry currently runs the Corporate Humanist Consultancy, advising on tech-based products in development and helping CHROs and growth-minded leaders build cohesive and transformative talent strategies coupled with HR technology to drive transformation. Larry has been on this podcast three times in the past. The first was episode 75, which came out in April 2019, when he had just started his role at NetApp fairly recently, and we talked about the changes he was making there and his experience in talent development. Episode 219 was an interview I did with Larry for the Talent Development Virtual Summit about how NetApp is leveraging what he calls the golden age of HR technology. And that came out in March of 2021. And then you could also hear him on episode 266, which is titled The Golden Age of HR Technology, which came out in November 2021. And that was actually a recording of a call that Larry and I facilitated in the Talent Development Think Tank community where Larry was the featured speaker talking about how to evaluate HR technology vendors and providers and how they went and did a full evaluation of, I think, 75 providers or so at NetApp and chose the ones that they did for their HR tech stack and providers and partners they went with to build this sort of new way of working at NetApp. So if you're interested in those sort of things and you haven't heard that, go back and check out that episode. That was episode 266. Today, I am going to be talking with Larry more about the golden age of HR technology, as well as HR transformations and what we're seeing in that realm as and leadership development and other things. And Larry's going to give us a little preview of the session he'll be leading at the upcoming Talent Development Think Tank conference which is on February 22nd, 23rd in Sonoma, California. And if you don't have your tickets yet, they are at tdtt.us slash conference. And Larry's book, again, is called The Power to Transform, A Field Guide to Building a Human-Centered Tech-Enabled Work Culture, and it is available on Amazon. 
All right, without further ado, here is my conversation with Larry McAllister. Larry McAllister, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for inviting me. It's so good to be here. I remember I was on three, four years ago. So it's great I to know. I should I should say welcome back. And you know, I had you on the first time was in early 2019. And then you also spoke on the Talent Development Virtual Summit in 2020, which we published on the podcast. And of course, you've led sessions for us in the Talent Development Think Tank community. And I'm excited that you're also going to be leading a session at the upcoming Talent Development Think Tank conference in Sonoma. Yes, February. I can't wait. We'll talk about, you know, technology and the golden age of HR technology and, and see how people are attacking it or not and, you know, lead the way. Yeah, yeah. I, I had you on my mind already as I was planning it. And then someone who bought a ticket said, I hope you're going to have a session on HR technology. And I said, oh, oh I've got just the guy for you. We're going to make sure we get Larry locked in. That's so great. I'm so glad you're coming. We're going to do, I want to get a little preview of that session, but I want to start with this idea of the golden age of technology. You've talked in the past quite a bit about us being in the golden age of technology, HR technology. Do you still believe that? Are we still in the golden age? I do. I mean, it's getting tougher with budgets. Yeah. You know, buyers are, are looking at their budgets for 2023. But mm -hmm. if you think, say, 10 years ago, everyone was dependent on like PeopleSoft or Workday or SAP. That was driving the innovation. And with the advent of artificial intelligence, machine language and APIs that can connect to those big things, you have an explosion of small, medium, and large companies who are attacking the employee experience from every different direction. I did a tech parade a couple of years ago where I brought in 16 vendors, and my mind was just blown about how much is out there. Yeah. And then this year, I was at HR Tech and Unleash, and every vendor is an HR Tech vendor. So mm. I think there's it's all out there. I think the question that we have to decide as practitioners is what's my need and what's the best the best one that matches because they all sort of sound alike, you know. Yeah. When you look at that, when you look at their websites, they all try to do everything. So if you could piece out, you know, what your talent strategy is and map it to technology, you get exponential rewards. Mm, yeah, and you're right. There are tons of providers. There's lots of different platforms and things out there now. How do you figure out what you need before you start, you know, interviewing vendors or providers? What I'm saying is you have to have a cohesive talent strategy with a goal and a vision. So what I'm talking about is how do you activate yourself? How do you activate the team? How do you activate the enterprise? And then how do you activate the future? So if you just take activate myself, we're in this world of, you know, the, the phone used to be the work-life balance crusher and now pandemic has just erase the demarcation line. Hmm. So mental fitness, the whole person, that's really how you activate yourself, being aligned to the team and the company. So, you know, better up coaching is one that helps you there. If you're enterprise wide, you know, activating the enterprise, there's talent marketplaces where you could think of your entire future with AI inside of the company. So before you think about technology, you have to understand what your vision and your strategy is. And then you accelerate that strategy with with technology. And I would imagine, I know that as you're going through this process and thinking about what you need, what your vision is and your strategy, that this is not something that is just done by L&D and then rolled out. You, you really got to get key leaders, business leaders and stakeholders on board. Absolutely. You know, I think HR folk 
have waited for maybe HRS to come help them or IT to come help them. But I think the shift for me is your listeners need to think of themselves as technologists and understand what's out there. One, just understand the landscape. And then two, what we did in that technology, in the, uh, in the parade, tech parade, is we had IT in there, we had practitioners in there, we had a manager in there, we had all the stakeholders from step one evaluating the vendors. So then when you're getting through the change management process and implementation process, you've already got the voices there. So it is, I would say the shift is be a technologist, go find out what's out there, but mm-hmm. bring everyone along with you for an easier implementation. Yeah, and, and hopefully make a really strong business case for why this needs to be done, because I would imagine for a lot of these providers, not all, but a lot of them are very significant investments. Yeah, I mean, there there's all over the range, but I think, you know, one of the ways I, I got funding for AI recruiting tool was I told my CEO staff, like, I can't recruit you A players because I don't have the technology to get to them fast enough. Mm. So I'm going to get passed up by our competitors who are investing in this technology. So if we want A players as fast as possible, this is the investment we need. And it's true. I mean, you know, I say technology gets you to the human interaction faster and with mm-hmm. more data. Mm-hmm. And and otherwise, you're just doing old Boolean searches and like we did in the old days. So technology really is accelerating the, the conversations. Yeah. And you're talking about keeping up with competition as well, right? And it's not even just about who you're competing with from a customer standpoint. But when you're talking about recruiting great people, then everybody is in the same pool, especially if you're in like tech and software, everybody in your industry, even outside your industry, you're competing with really talented people. Yeah, I mean, everyone, everyone's sort of a cloud company at this point, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) right? Cloud engineers in almost every company. So to compete for cloud engineers and cloud salespeople, they have three, four offers. So you gotta be, you know, gotta be the first one in to be able to sort of attract them. What do you think as as organizations are looking at revamping uh, HR technology is one of the big mistakes that the companies are making. I think the biggest mistake is just saying, I'm going to buy this platform and turn it on and try to market it. Mm. That That is a, a recipe for underperforming what you wanted out of that. So we did, and I, and you've come to one, we did a whole, we, we made a huge statement of saying, we are looking at careers and growth entirely different in this company. And then we had a career week where we had different speakers come in. I mean, we made an entire strategic decision and the, and the technology followed that. So then it's exponentially more productive for the organization. We had one of the fastest implementations and upticks because it was part of a larger strategy. Just turning it on doesn't, it won't get as much attraction and engagement as you would if you're telling an entire story. And then we started doing Dare to Dream, right? We invited you to come in and be a Dare to Dream speaker to talk about mm-hmm. your career and your book. And and it just kept going. So this is the new culture. Just yeah. turning it on is just turning it on. Is this driving the new way we do business? That's, that's how you have the biggest bang for your buck. Right. So there's a marketing element and engagement element, and a, there's really a mindset element, right? Are people of the right mindset that they're going to be leveraging this they understand the value so they'll be using it. That's spot on. So if you say, this is the new mindset, the new way we do it, here's a piece of technology that's going to accelerate that. Mm-hmm. Bam. If you just say, here's a piece of technology, go do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just, you, you're getting 20% engagement or something like that. It's, then now you're like, now you're ready to go get another piece of software and then try to get budget after this thing died out, right? So the strategy and, and the drive and the change management, the transformation is way more important than just turning on a piece of software. Yeah. Unless that technology is so compelling. For some reason, I just had this memory from 2007 when the first iPhone came out and my dad 
gave me the first iPhone as a gift. He couldn't get it because he was on Verizon. I remember it was only on AT&T back in those oh. days. And he gave it to me. And, and I said, so ungrateful. I, said, I don't need this. I don't need this smartphone. Like I'm fine with my flip phone. I don't need this. And then, you know, you start using it. And I'm like, oh, and now of course, you know, can't live without it. But it's kind of funny to oh, think back. Yeah, I guess there's, so maybe in that vein, there's two different ways to look at it. So, you know, better up is coaching. Mm -hmm. world-class coaching and they now have a platform that that is more of a benefit for all employees but that you could do a pilot you could you you just have individuals do it because it's just it's growth for the individual Mm -hmm. right so that one you could say hey just try this you're gonna love it but if you're doing an enterprise-wide like a talent mobility that's the one where you really have to have the mindset gotta have the people yeah yeah, to understand and hopefully experience and and discover it for themselves the the value of it why they want to use it and, you know, when, when we were coming up, you know, career pathing was a joke, right? It was, you know, mm-hmm. you listed all the different jobs and levels. It was on a spreadsheet and it wasn't interactive. Now these AI tools, it tells you, you know, with, with a Fuel 50, what are the next three jobs I could take in this company? Like mm-hmm. that's mind-blowing stuff. Like it's super yeah. engaging. So, Or if I want this job over here that is not related to what I have now, what are the skills and experience, you know, things I need to get? Right. What are the gaps? And then when you have a, a career conversation with your manager, you both are coming much more prepared to have a fruitful mm. discussion. Because, you know, if I went to my manager, is that, you know, if you're a, a first time manager and someone comes to you and says, what am I going to do with my career? You're like, I don't know. Go look at open jobs. You know, it's hard. It's hard to give people guidance. But now with these kind of tools, the discussions are about future and what it takes and how I'm going to get there. So it's an entirely different genre. Yeah. But again, that mindset piece is so, so important because you can invest in a technology platform like Fuel50 to create these like AI career pathing. But if you don't get people on there using it, it's not going to matter, right? So like I, you brought me in and we were running the Own Your Career program to teach people how to own their careers. And the idea is you get people being really thoughtful about where they want to go in their career. Then they go, oh, I wonder what I can use to figure this out. Well, we have this platform, come use this. Not only does it have the career path, there's a mentorship program, there's all these things. And then you can take this and go have a conversation with your manager about where you want to go. And you're both on the same page and you're, you're aligned and everything's really clear, but it starts with the mindset. Exactly. So for so think about what messaging we're, we're sending the company where it said, we're bringing an expert on their career, on careers in Andy, and everyone's invited to come to this event, right? Just that signal itself is saying, this company cares about my career. We're bringing an expert. We have a tool. I, they care about me. They care about my career. So that those two things have to go hand in hand. Yeah. Larry, you recently published a book called The Power to Transform. I'm looking at a, a poster of the book on the wall behind you, which I, I love as someone who has a poster of book behind <laughs> me, but The Power to Transform, A Field Guide to Building a Human-Centered, Tech-Enabled Work Culture. Why did you write this book? So for the past 10 years, I've been doing heavy-duty transformation in two big Fortune 500 companies. One was about growth, going from like 3,000 employees to 9,000 employees. And one was a business transformation going from storage to a cloud company. So major transformation. So really, 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 really learned the craft and had success. So I was like, well, I hate the way HR is sort of treated in the media or on TV shows. Like HR is here to babysit you or mm-hmm. oh, HR is in the room. Don't say anything bad. Or, yeah. So I'm trying to say that HR is more about transformation and organizational transformation and culture transformation. So I want to help others do that, understand how to do it. Because no matter whether you believe it or not, you are currently in a transformation. You're either growing, shrinking, new product, new customers, laying off people. That's all part of change. 
And so the reason, I, the first word I thought of was field guide for this book, because it's not a study of transformation. It's actual guidance of how you can do it yourself. How do you understand the need? How do you sell the story? How do you get the funding? How do you have the change management? And, and so it's really just step by step by step, you know, the last three years of my career to, to help to help all of us practitioners get better at this. Yeah, absolutely. So I love that you're you're sharing those stories of the work that you've done and giving people the step-by-step for the HR transformation. What would you say for us who are working on or going to be working on HR transformations, you know, what are some keys to a successful HR transformation? Yeah. So I talked originally about your talent strategy being a golden thread. There's nothing you should be doing that isn't tied to the golden thread. And then I think the idea of, you know, I changed the name of my team at my last company from talent uh, management to talent enablement. And the beauty of that was so much work was done on enabling the change. So one story, but there was videos, there were the events we invited you to, we did the career week, we had trifold stuff, we had interactive manager sessions. So surrounding your transformation with branding, marketing, transformation, change management in many different areas goes back to that signaling. Like this is for real, you know, it's not like, Oh, here's, here's these guys with another change. Like this is a cohesive way that we're making the chain. So I think if you take a step back and plan all of that and think about all of that, as opposed to just like running, but once you have that idea, you can't stop. One of the one of the biggest problems with transformation is you slow down or you make a mistake and you're like, oh, this thing's all screwed up. You have to break the glass and keep on moving and state that at the beginning. Hey, transformations are hard. We're going to stumble sometimes, but we're not going to stop. Yeah, uh, we've we've really got to think about wh- the big picture. What do we want to achieve and make a plan, right? And then keep moving forward with that. And the important thing is we talked about this earlier getting everybody involved, including, you know, on board, right. Including the right stakeholders so that, you know, the mindset is right. People are aligned. They feel like they're part of it. And you're not just surprising with people with something in the end. They're like, I didn't, I wasn't involved in this. Yeah. One of the biggest things I learned, I think you're gonna ask me the question later about one of my biggest lessons. So I'll say that for later, but one of the things we did here is we had a business advisory group and I definitely recommend this in the book. So 12 VPs from around the company, around the world, seasoned, credible, and doubtful. And we brought them through every step of what we were trying to do, got their feedback. So they became critics and then champions of the organization. So they were very vocal, you know, the face of the transformation, we get invited to their all hands and speak to them. And it really became an an accelerant of having this business advisory group of of VPs around the the world. Because once they're bought in and driving it, it's a much easier path to get their teams and the organization behind them. Mm, yeah, absolutely. What would you say that you really want to make sure that people get out of reading this book and hearing these stories? And imagine you have a goal here of saving people time, helping people do these things better, faster, cheaper, right? Than what maybe you've gone through. Yeah, right. I think the biggest thing is transformation is is enterprise wide and it's all tied together in one story. So what I what C, C, uh, CHROs now are ca- calling me just to help tie those stories together. That's like the biggest mm. need is tying that story together. Because what I hate to see is you say, we're going to make this change for career and it dies out in six months. Or we're going to buy this software platform and it gets 20% engagement. Like those start and stops and failures, it, it's like slapping your hand. Pretty soon you're not going to reach out to make the change anymore. So I'm trying to make it as easy as possible to have these start and stops or failures Mm -hmm. to tell an entire story. 
because it's it's it looks bad. You know, I said before I want to help HR be experts. You know, if you keep making missteps, you never get off the tarmac again. And yeah. I think landing the plane once, one big plane once allows you to fly several other. Yeah. What if you're coming into a new organization or maybe you've been working in your organization for a while and you decide that, hey, it's time that we do make a big shift. It's time that we change the way we do things. It's time that we change the way HR is perceived. I know in the work you did at NetApp, you, you mentioned you decided to change the name of the department, right? From talent management to talent enablement. How do you have the courage and then, <laughs> you know, the follow through to make those big changes? One is you have to have a, you know, like my boss was behind it, right? We, we mm-hmm. went from one company to the next, that's transformation people. So that helps getting your boss on board. But I think the idea, one of the simplest things that we did at the very beginning was having a talent strategy, which is at the moment, it's just a story, right? There's nothing underneath it. So you're, you're telling the story. The second thing that really helped us was we just did a simple from to, here's where we are now and here's where we want to go and here's how we're going to get there. And so when you show that the end of the rainbow story, I think people get motivated for it. Like managers looked at it and said, oh my God, this is going to be way easier for us to lead. There's not, there's not a bunch of stuff in the way like mandatory training and forms and nine boxes. It's really the focus on my employees. And then implementing that in the first year went way faster because you could see the end of the rainbow. Yeah, I can see that. So as you're out there talking to people, you've kind of gotten this book out there now. It sounds like you're having conversations with lots of HR leaders. You've been going to some of these HR technology conferences. What are you seeing now or what are you hearing as the latest trends that are changing around this idea of transformation or technology? Yeah. So one for sure is what people don't think about when they bring in technology is there is a lot of amazing back-end data that you would never normally have. Hmm. So so you get anonymized data from what are the people who are getting coaching worried about? And you should, you can imagine the trend during COVID. Oh my God, I'm scared for my life. I'm scared for my job. And you can just see how that moved over the three years. That's great data. And then if you're doing a uh, like a few 50 talent mobility, you can see what skills people want, what jobs do they want, where are the most gaps. You have a whole skills inventory. And then you have like say the pulse survey, right? If you start tying those three things together, that informs your talent strategy because you know the skills, desires, scares, and, and what the what your the voice of the employee is much stronger and richer when you tie those stories together. And and then when you're bringing that to a CEO step, it's the voice of the, the voice of the employee is so powerful that the strategy just follows. I think that's a big one. The second big one I think is mental fitness. This idea. You know, we're still in a pandemic affected workforce, I think. So it's still, it's still, people still tailing through this. And so how do you invest in your employees' mental fitness? It's just like going to the gym, right? It's, and I think the stigma is starting to get away from that. People are talking more openly about mental fitness and well-being. I think that's going to be a big trend going forward, caring about your employees' well-being. You know, I know people are hiring well-being directors i know you know fuel 50 i mean uh, better up is building an entire platform around it cuz you know mm-hmm. in the old eaps uh, employee assistance programs i yeah. think it's like only like 4% of employees use that it's very low so right. to have a much more dynamic ai enabled touching your whole life like i want to lose weight or i need to to mm-hmm. tell my vision better and having a platform to help you do that i think gives people the confidence and and strengthens their well-being 
Yeah, it's cool that we're we're seeing more of those things out there that companies can offer to people. There's a lot of different platforms that can do it in a smart way, for lack of a better word, right? Whether it be AI, some other type of technology to bring in to provide benefits to people in some ways to counteract what has been created by companies with the work from home policies and what's been going on. There's been a lot more burnout and and mental health issues, right? But other ways just to say, hey, we know that you're spending a lot of time working and work is important, but it's not the only thing. We want to make sure that you take care of your health, like recognizing that that is going to make you more productive in the long run. I always wonder, is that something that companies are doing because it just feels like a nice thing to do? Or do they see the business case behind it? And what is going to happen if we go into more of a recession and budgets are cut? Do we see a lot of these things getting getting cut that's as well? A, that's a great, I mean, that is the big dilemma, right? Heading into this, like, okay, so, so let's say this. One thing is I think leaders at the top of the companies are much smarter about what burnout really means, mm. about what, you know, people, what are they languishing at work, you know, just barely getting by, not putting their all in because they're burned out. So I think, you know, cognizant of it now way more than it ever was before, right? Because it affected them. Mm-hmm. Right? We all went through it, right? We yeah. all understand what it's like to be, it's nine o'clock, I'm still banging away. I'm like, the demarcation line between work and home has been eradicated. And how do you start putting those back in? So I think cognizantly it's there much more tools available for leaders to, to tap into. And it's going to be a great question if you say, all right, we have to go cut a million dollars next year. Are you cutting it from training? I'm just thinking about on the HR side. Right. Yeah. Are you cutting it from training? Are you cutting it from well-being? Are you cutting it from hiring? You know, there's those questions. Mm. And I would say, I would recommend, I'd rather double down on the well-being during that time because you just spooked the herd. You just laid off 5,000 people, right? Yeah. Yeah. Talk about languishing after that. So it'll be a good question to see the answer to, but I think we're smarter about it. And I think there's a lot more tools to activate. It will also be interesting to see, you know, we've been talking about investing in HR technology. And as you said earlier, some of these things are not huge, but some of them are very major investments. And as we're going into 2023, we're seeing many signs of recession. A lot of companies, especially in tech and software, are doing layoffs, pulling back. The companies are still willing to make big investments in things like this so that they come out on the other side way ahead of other companies. You mentioned earlier, can you compete in recruiting, in development, in the culture and the benefits that you offer your employees? And have you set that up so that you're ready to win the the, the war on the other side? I mean, you know, I call it the three demons of the downturn. Mm. We're not going to hire, we're going to lay off people, and we're going to cut development. Mm. Those are the three demons of the downturn. And they're done as blunt force instruments. Right. Just go find us $20 million. Cut, 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 cut. And you put all of that on pause. Right. And then a year later, now you got to go hire everyone back and build all this out. And you've just broken trust again with, I think, mm. the employee base. There's going to be times you have to do it. Don't get me wrong. But I think when you're thinking bigger platforms, once those are in, it's not like go cancel Tuesday's training. Those platforms are in and driving. So tying those platforms to development and tying it all together is what I'm talking about, right? It's not like go cancel that training because it's just a training. Like you well know if it's embedded into what the company does, mm-hmm. it's much harder to just cut. Yeah, absolutely. We've been talking about your book. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you want to make sure people get from it? Yeah, I think the most important thing is to feel the, the confidence that you can be a transformation expert. That, mm-hmm. that term gets thrown around so much. There's like you could bring in a giant consultant and pay millions of dollars and get a big playbook. 
which a lot of times goes against what the culture is or goes against what plans you already have. So this is helping you do a transformation inside of the culture you already have or, or changing the culture the way you want to do it. And it's, it's really in your hands as your, your listeners, it's really in your hands to help your organization see what the next step is. Cause they'll wait, you know, someone's got to champion the change and I'm trying to make this as easy as possible. For yeah. People. Yeah. We, we can do this, right? We have the, the ability. It's just a matter of following the steps, which I know you lay out in your book. Larry, last question. We mentioned earlier that you are coming and running a session at the Talent Development Think Tank conference, which is coming up on February 22nd, 23rd in Sonoma. I'm so excited you're coming. I wonder if you could give us a little preview of the session you're going to be running. Yeah. So it's called the Golden Age, HR, the Golden Age of HR Technology. How invested are you? So it's really going to be more of a roundtable discussion to have CHROs or talent folks who are around the table to tell their story or to have questions about how do we do this. I really want to start opening the discussion that this is a huge part of what HR does. And I want to guide a discussion to say, is someone scared? <laughs> is someone worried about ROI? How do I choose it? I want to really get people to talk about this and make this a much more pronounced part yeah. of the HR strategy. Yeah. Okay. So it sounds like no no death by PowerPoint, no lectures on the history of HR technology. It's going to be an engaging <laughs> session. <laughs> yeah. That, that's The book doesn't do that. This session doesn't do that. It's all practical, practical, practical for sure. I love that. And, and what I love about that is that obviously we go to conferences to learn regardless of the format, whether it is going to be typical like lectures or keynotes, or it's going to be engaging sessions. But I just feel like you can be running this session and these roundtables and someone can come to this conference and sit down at that table and bring a challenge that they're dealing with and get a real solution and go exactly. back to work with a real solution that is worth probably 10x whatever they paid for their ticket. Totally. Exactly. That's the whole point of it, right? I think that's what you designed as if everyone goes home and has a couple of things in their back pocket that they can apply on the Monday when they get back to work, that's worth its weight in gold. So you And you're inviting smart people and you have a great audience. So there's going to be some learning and action coming out of this for sure. Yeah. So speaking of that, you came to our first conference that we hosted back in 2020. I remember you were sitting at the front table both days, fully engaged. What would you tell people that haven't been, that have been on the fence about maybe buying a ticket? What would you tell them about the conference? I would say, try to erase the word conference out of your mind, right? Because <laughs> when you think of conference, you think of big expo halls, you're walking through the expo hall and they, their eyeballs are staring at you, trying to sell to you, or you're in a big room where, you know, you don't even feel engaged with the speaker because you're one of 800 people there. This yeah. is intimate, actionable, smart people getting together to learn from each other. The keynotes are very relatable. And, and just having a room like that, you feel like you're not only listening, but learning and collaborating. It's a, it's an entirely different vibe than than most conferences. And I love the way you're calling it the least boring talent development <laughs> conference. <laughs> I agree. You have my vote on that 100% because you're, you're never bored. I paid a very expensive consultant for that tagline. This is what we do. Now I worked with somebody on like, okay, how can we improve marketing for this conference? And she was interviewing me and that just came out. And I was like, oh yeah, it is. That's my goal. The least boring, most exciting conference or event totally. in talent development. Well, I'm so excited you're coming, Larry. I'm, I'm excited for the people that are going to be joining us that are going to be in your session because I know they're going to get a lot of value out of that. For anybody listening that maybe wants to get in touch with you or find out more about what you do, where's the best place for them to go? Yeah, I think LinkedIn's the easiest. Larry McAllister at LinkedIn. And then I also have Larry McAllister book where you can learn about the book and get some bonus materials, videos, and things like that. 
Awesome. And the book is The Power to Transform, a field guide to building a human-centered, tech-enabled work culture. And it is available on Amazon now. I already got my copy. So Larry, thanks again for being here. I'm looking forward to seeing you in Sonoma. Yeah, seeing you live. Thanks, Andy. All right, that will do it for my conversation with Larry McAllister about HR transformation and his new book, The Power to Transform, a field guide to building a human-centered, tech-enabled work culture. As you heard in there, Larry will be speaking and running a session at the upcoming Talent Development Think Tank Conference on February 22nd and 23rd. If you don't have your tickets, come check that out. You can find all the information at tdtt.us slash conference. And Larry is also a longtime founding member of the Talent Development Think Tank community, where we have calls every Wednesday with guest speakers like Larry to talk about all kinds of different topics around talent development. It's usually a pretty open discussion with breakout rooms and all kinds of stuff. So you can really dive in and hear what other people are working on and struggling with. All the information on that is on our website, tdtt.us. You can get all the info there for our podcast, our conference, and our community. All right, stay tuned. Our next episode will be my bonus Q&A with Larry. We'll ask him about his biggest accomplishments, greatest failures, and the challenges and trends he sees in talent development. Talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.